Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Unfriend Me, brought to you by people like you. That's right, listener-supported Unfriend Me at patreon.com slash unfriendme. Scientology is a groundbreaking study of self-help and getting better, you close-minded bigot! Well, I mean, oh yeah? I hear you're a torture... Well, sorry, I hear you torture people and take all their money, weirdo! Oh yeah! Well, if you criticize Scientology, I'm going to sue you! And also, unfriend me! See you in court, asshole! <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Unfriend Me. Very, very different sort of intro there. Caught me off guard. I enjoyed it, though. Uh, we're back at it, uh, talking about the hard issues of the day. I'm Scott Johnson with Justin Robert Young, and today is August 14th, 2018. We are here doing it again, once again, fixing yeah. all your problems one topic at a time. Today, Scientology. Yeah. No, we're doing it. We're doing it big. Mm. Uh, Scientology is our topic. Uh, we're going to do our best to not get sued. Uh, but uh, first, we're going to read some feedback from last week. We talked about immigration and illegal immigration specifically. Charlie wrote, the one item that I would like cleaned up around illegal immigration and unreported wages in general is making sure that wages are reported properly to the government. We always hear that Social Security is going to run out by 20 whenever, but having full participation from the workforce would help alleviate some of the burden. Mm, good point, Charlie. Or as you wrote, trolley. That's a that's a great <laughs> reference to our our doc that nobody but us can see. This is correct. Clintovirus wrote in. I'm not comfortable saying Clintovirus very often. Kind of gives me the. Also, it's Clintovirus, but fine. Oh. If we're going to be correcting each other on the names in our doc, then we can go ahead and do tit for tat. Clintovirus says this. It's, it's uh, ask your doctor if Clintovirus is right for you. What about the idea? If, if oh, you yeah. experience swelling, then yes. Clintovirus may not be right. Yeah, don't see a doctor four hours, you know the drill. What about the idea that nation states are becoming less and less relevant politically and economically? Therefore, their borders and laws are increasingly irrelevant. Despite political and therefore military backlash against this historically uh, unalterable fact, waves of migration will, as they always have, cross borders and alter ideologies. The sooner a nation chooses to embrace this and build upon it, the sooner that nation will thrive and a kind of peace will ensue. A kind of peace. Mm. <laughs> um, so this was a very interesting email. I, I think nation, the idea of nation states becoming less and less important, I don't think is real. I, I think that both sides of, uh, of the political spectrum, currently the most popular versions of it are about nation states like either you know on on the conservative side about protecting our nation state or whatever or even on the liberal side as we've seen by the insurgency of you know bernie sanders and uh, uh alexandria cortez uh, no. is that her name something cortez uh, ocasio, ocasio cortez That's there you it. go in new york uh, th there's a lot of push for medicare for all and, and a higher minimum wage and those are things that are you know, you need a nation state to enforce that everybody needs to pay people this much or that everybody gets free health care. It doesn't just come out of nowhere. It has to be a top down system that is defined by borders. So 
I, I think that that there are more there's a more of a push for what we should do with our nation states. The question is what we do with that. We have the, the, the big disagreements on. Right. Uh, and also I don't, well, there'll be a huge fight before that ever happens, but, and I don't want to be here for it. That's all I wanted to get out of there, out of my system on that. Uh, your turn, Joey, Joey wrote, we should and need to secure our borders and make it much more difficult. If not impossible to come to the United States illegally. I also think that we should make it easier to come to the U.S. legally. Everyone is freaking out about declining birth rates and Social Security becoming insolvent. Just get a bunch of new people here paying into SSI and you've solved the problem. I also don't think that we should reward the people who did come here illegally, but it would be more effort than it's worth to kick them all out. So after we secure the border, we should declare anyone in the country illegally a U.S. national. They'd be able to live and work in the U.S. freely, but wouldn't be able to vote and wouldn't receive other benefits that full citizens Enjoy. I have to admit, Joey's argument and arguments like Joey's have always hit me with a uh, a little bit of resonance. Like I like the simplicity of the approach. It feels like it's practical and non-emotional. Um, but then I start questioning whether I really understand what it takes to do any of the things he said. But I just want to say to Joey, on the face of that, I like what you're selling. I do. Something tells me there's more to it that it's more complicated than that, that it's not that simple. But I like what you're selling. Okay? That's all I wanted to tell you. Now, do you, because this is the slippery slope, right? Because this is part of the argument of like, hey, look, let's not do full amnesty, where now all of a sudden literally everybody who's here can just hand in a postcard, and now they're a full citizen, despite the fact that they broke laws to get here. But we'll give them diet amnesty, and and you'll be able to work and you'll be able to pay taxes, but you won't be able to vote. I kind of feel like that's a good idea for five seconds before somebody <laughs> calls it separate but equal. Right. <laughs> right. But also you could then say his other his other thinking in this email uh, could apply there, too. You could then say, all right, all y'all that are here illegally, we're not going to shove you all out. It's not worth the pain, trouble, money and the moral dissatisfaction we'll get from doing it so instead you have now have this legal status to obtain a higher legal status that is to say full citizenship not diet but fully carb loaded uh you have to do these things to become a uh, a voting citizen I, I mean there's there's merit to that as well but again also big new layer of complication so again there's simplicity here and i like that approach i just don't no, if it was that simple, we probably would have done it. Or, or actually, I like his theory, but I also, I was struck and have thought frequently back on what you said last week. And I've had a hard time shaking it, Justin. When you What's said, that? this is a football both sides need to throw back and forth. Yes. And it really, really got me and bugged me. And I'm still bugged by it because I think it's true. And I never really thought about it before. And then it started making me think of all the other issues uh, that are just tailor-made as a football to throw back and forth and nobody's actually interested in solving them they're only interested in using that football while it's relevant and it drives me up a tree so it's a philosophical problem it's one that's you know i have no good answer for there's no real fix for it it's just it was like this weird revelation and uh, i'm always a little put off by when i when something when i have an epiphany like this that's in such a negative direction so well done. Thank you for that. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I think 
<laughs> this kind of gets to my core, my core thought that like it always I always find it very silly when people take election politics at face value. Yeah. Like I think like election politics are like pop songs. It's like, yeah, they're catchy. They're meant to be catchy. They're written to be catchy. They're oftentimes focus group to be catchy. And yes, they resonate and they should. You are playing at a very, very high level if you've made it to that point. But, you know, uh, I, I don't know if I want to start a religion based on Oops, I Did It Again. I don't know if I really want to break up a friendship because somebody I know doesn't like Oops, I Did It Again. And very oftentimes to me, the issues that are brought up during those kind of things are are best discussed with a clean, like, uh, you know, a, 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 a cleaner, more intellectually honest conversation that is actually set on doing things. Because if we leave it up to the politicians to do things, well, we get what we have. Yeah, but it's also their job. You see why the dichotomy pulls me in two, though. I hate it. Like, they're they're supposed to be their job, but to maintain their jobs, to keep their jobs, they have to do the opposite of do their jobs in in some ways. And it's really... Well, and then here's the other question. Do they want to do that job? The job you want them to do? No, they don't. Then... What are we doing? No, they don't. They don't. This isn't the job they want. The job they want is notoriety, money, speaking gigs, books, libraries, legacy. No, I mean, and 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 this is where I think people get uh people get up my butt about like, oh, you're so cynical. You think all politicians are cynical? Yada yada yada. I don't. I, I think that there are a lot of pure-hearted people that go into public service that really want to do stuff. That being said, that does not change the fact that the mechanism by which they get there is a lot more to do with direct marketing than it does to do with Mr. Smith goes to Washington, like giving the rousing speech and getting the people on your side because, gosh darn it, that's what we should do. Yeah. Hooray! Yeah. Like, that to me is is a little bit childish. We could all go watch the movie Dave and feel better. I can tell you that right now. Uh, Nick wrote in, says, in the early 2000s, I dated a Latina girl for about a year. Her and her whole family were illegal. Some things I didn't like were that they didn't want to pay for things that we have to, like car insurance. Her older brother said, I don't want to pay for that. Uh, They don't have real IDs and they don't pay taxes. I was just out of college then and she was, uh, sorry, she was uh, talking home, I guess taking home about the same as me since I had to pay taxes. Uh, once her sister broke her arm and got into the hospital, they said it's okay that the hospital would just pay for it. I don't mind immigrants. They do take jobs uh, U.S. people don't want. Sorry, Scott, if that makes you feel bad, but that's life. <laughs> Thanks for sticking that one in there, Nick. <laughs> anyway, but they need to abide by the same laws as U.S. citizens do. By the way, after we split up, I introduced, introduced her to a coworker back then, and they have been married now for about 12 years. Um, bet you bet you didn't expect that one to end with a happy ending no. that was a weird email and then it just like hits you and and they lived happily ever after at the end yep and she can vote now she's a citizen now because she got married i assume that's all that all happens right isn't there some we have some family or marriage yeah. thing no, uh, no, no yeah it, 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 that's why my stepfather married a uh married an, an immigrant and uh it it's very hard they have to prove that they're really together, uh, you know, fairly, uh, fairly aggressively. Do they have to perform coitus in public? I don't think it's quite there, uh, <laughs> but I also don't think it would hurt. <laughs> no, aggressive coitus. 
I'm in. I'm just like, oh, you want me to? You want me to? You want us to? You want us to get it on? Right now? <laughs> yeah, dude. Not, uh, Front of the court. Uh, play, if it please the court, Your Honor, I would like to now perform coitus with I'm, my significant I'm other. That's a Pornhub category. <laughs> Mike in L.A. writes, uh, "It's your friendly Mexican libertarian listener." Justin hit a huge piece of the puzzle right at the end of the episode when he talked about the benefits attached to American citizenship. Financially, it's unfeasible to have a huge social safety net, including free health care and free education and the biggest unfunded liability of them all, Social Security, and also have open borders policy. Uh, for whatever reason, I know that he's Mexican uh, and from L.A., but I just wanted to read this as whenever the biggest unfunded liability of them all, Social Security, is written, I just I can't help but read it as John Stossel. That it's just like... <laughs> My, and the biggest unfunded liability of it all, Social Security, <laughs> and also having open borders policy. Many European countries are finding this out. Bernie Sanders, the great socialist, has been quoted as saying that open borders is a Koch brothers proposal to drive wages down. And in a perfect world, we could cut all these huge expensive programs, reduce the size of government and corporate uh, corporations ability to manipulate the government and let everybody who wants to try to make a life here come with no barriers but the way our institutions are currently set up we can't sustain an open borders policy i don't uh one thing about last week's episode i don't think anybody was well at least i don't think anybody was arguing for a 100 percent open borders policy come in come out whenever you want sort of thing um no 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 but i, I do think that that was represented in in clinto Vias's email that that this is that the idea of borders are passe and that we are a globalist society and Yes, some places are going to have, you know, a slightly different menu than the next door. But we need to understand that this is the new normal and we should stop uh, wasting money and time and energy on on securing our borders. And we should we should, you know, move into the new world, the new era. Um, we got one final email from Ned in Sydney, Australia, who says illegal immigration was a huge hot button issue here about 15 years ago. We had people coming in from Indonesia on shitty, overloaded, leaky boats via people smugglers making bank off these poor souls. Many people drowned in making the trip. We addressed this issue with a hardline law. If you come via boat, you will never set foot in this country. For good or for ill, it actually worked. We stopped the boats. Unfortunately, the result was a bunch of people indefinitely locked up in Nauru, uh, basically a gitmo for immigrants. Uh, moral of the story is there are no good options. <laughs> well, Ned, he's just throwing a shrimp on the old Barbie there of positivity and... Uh, and letting her rip. I mean, look, uh, that's why I keep saying I don't think any it's it, there's such a tendency to want to go. Here's what you do. Amnesty for who's here. Lock it down at the borders. Have stricter rules for coming in. Make it easier to be legal. Done. I don't know. Yeah. It's not. It's not that simple. Australia just figured that out kind of a weird hard way. It makes sense. Stop the boats. Well, what does that mean for people who keep trying? Because they're going to keep trying. And look, and what, what happens? What happens when a boat capsizes right off the coast and it's uh, filmed in every waking detail and people are drowning? Yeah. while Like, you know, right next to an open patio hipster bar where people are, are you know, uh, slurping oysters <laughs> and high fiving each other because Aussie rules football is on, you know, right. those are the kind of things that change people's minds. Right. And in today's world. Combine that with a bunch of cell phone footage, denials, and then and then uh, admissions of guilt from government officials. Like it's just a big cluster f waiting to happen. And well, I mean, this is again, uh, 
life is no easy answer. And so everybody who just wants to jump up and down and sing, oops, I did it again because it's their favorite song because they really feel it is always kind of ridiculous to me because it's like none, none of those things are right. And, and even uh, uh, Army Adam uh, in, in, in the chat, we're not going to go back into immigration because we have a lot to get to with Scientology. But uh, says, did, did we talk about the revolving door policy of the 70s? We did not. And And yes, there are times where we were more open, but also... There are times now where we have an insurgent element of of, uh, of the, the Democratic Party that wants to expand our social safety net. And, and I don't think that those are necessarily, you know, these are all things that we need to balance against each other. There, right. There's not one thing that just solves everything. And they all affect each other. Don't forget, if you write an email to the show at unfriendmeshow at gmail.com, keep them short, keep them to the point, or Justin will literally alter your email yeah. so it says the opposite of your point. That's a promise from us to you. So get those in. Unfriendmeshow at gmail.com. None of today's were altered. These were all good, legit emails. Or they were. were they? Okay, they were. Uh, so do that. Play by the rules and you can become a citizen of Unfriend Me. <laughs> That's a terrible right. transition. Let's get into Scientology. What's the deal with Scientology? Well, first, before we start, what do you know of Scientology? All right. I watched Going Clear the HBO documentary. And yeah. I also watched a thing with the girl from King of Queens in it, who used to be Ramini. Yep. That's yep. her. She, uh, she has a thing floating around. That's uh pretty, uh, you know, from her perspective, pretty damning. She's of, a former, former Scientologist. Correct. And she had worked her way up the, 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 the ranks or whatever, uh, for a while, uh, going clear stuck with me for lots of reasons. Um, it struck me, one of the things that did strike me about from going clear and just generally the feelings in and around Scientology from an outside perspective is that uh, religions, uh, both old and new, both huge and small, have at one point or another of their history uh, been scrutinized in a way that is not terribly unlike the way they're being scrutinized. And this isn't my way of saying, well, they're just like any other religion. It may well be that they're absolutely not. And from what I saw in going clear, uh, some real shady business goes on over there, but um, some really shady stuff happened in the Catholic church for a long time. And you could argue some shady stuff happened more recently in that organization with the cover up of various bishops and others who were molesting kids. And then uh, some of that stuff's coming out now. And, and you know, there is some justice happening, but there's always something something's always going on with some religion somewhere. What makes this one unique is that, uh, or at least gives it, puts it in the zeitgeist anyway, is that it's a Tom Cruise is, is like one, is top dude over there. Uh, mm. freaking John Travolta, big names like that, uh, have, have very famously been a part of this organization. And then that organization has been dissected and talked about everything from, Where's the money coming from to Xenu and uh, Thetans and all this stuff? And it starts to become such a circus that it's impossible not to talk about. That's what I really know about it. And beyond that, not much else. Like, I, I know it started as kind of a self-helpy kind of thing, that L. Ron Hubbard was the founder of this organization. It may be different than it was then uh, when he was, quote-unquote, running it. Uh I don't think any of his science fiction books are very good. I've read a few of them. Battlefield Earth is terrible, and the movie's even worse. Uh, he's just not, was not a great sci-fi author. Thus mm -hmm. endeth Scott's knowledge of the current state 
and history of Scientology. Boom. That's that pretty much it. Yeah. There you go. We're done. Uh, Bye, everybody. See you right. next week. Uh, we solved it. Uh, <laughs> all right. So here we go. Scientology. The, 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 the definition. Scientology is the body of religious beliefs and practices launched in May 1952 by American author L. Ron Hubbard, who lived from 1911 to 1986. Hubbard initially developed a program of ideas called Dianetics, which was distributed through the Dianetics Foundation. The foundation soon entered bankruptcy. Hubbard lost the rights to his seminal publication, Dianetics, the Modern Science of Mental Health in 1952, and then recharacterized the subject as a religion and renamed it Scientology. Oh, see, I did not know that part of it. That was probably in going clear, but I don't remember it. We're going to spend a little bit of time, probably more than most people do when they talk about Scientology, about Dianetics. Because I find Dianetics fascinating, and I think that the roots of Scientology are very important to pay attention to. So let's talk about Dianetics. All right. Dianetics, the book, divides the mind into three parts, the conscious analytical mind, the subconscious reactive mind, and the semantic mind. The goal of Dianetics is to erase the content of the reactive mind. So this is the subconscious, the things that are just come up to the surface when you don't mean them to necessarily. It is your it is your subconscious reactive mind that is doing this, according to Dianetics, which Scientologists believe interferes with a person's ethics, awareness, happiness and sanity. The Dianetics procedure to achieve this erasure is called auditing in auditing. The Dianetic uh, Dianetics au- uh, auditor asks a series of questions or commands and elicit, uh, elicits answer, answers to help a person locate and deal with painful experiences of the past, which Scientologists uh, believe to be the content of the reactive mind. Now, this is oftentimes in the forms of very direct questioning, very personal questioning. So if we were auditing, if I were auditing you right now, Scott, yep. uh, and this is, you can, you can see this a lot in like the master uh, uh, they do a lot of, you know, the, the, the conversations are kind of, uh, they, they sound like very aggressive talk therapy. Yeah. So it's like, instead of asking, how do you feel? How does that make you feel? Uh, it is more like, do you lie? Do yeah. you, uh, do you have, uh, do you believe yourself to be a liar? Yeah. Do you, do you take advantage of other people for your own gain? Right. Yeah. Uh, the idea here is that they are trying to purge you according to them of your negative subconscious feelings right Th- and they're thetans, if you will. it out of you thetans if you will then well we'll get to thetans <laughs> we'll get to thetans okay but right now let's just focus on dianetics all right uh now i'm gonna let's pull back a second right dianetics comes out in 1950 let's understand that cognitive behavioral therapy This is the talk therapy practice that is widely used today was not in mainstream vogue until the 1970s. And in in a lot of ways, really, the emergence of what we know as modern talk therapy was looked at as something that healthy people can get, that people that are that want to be healthier mentally are, are getting and not just psychopaths in sanitariums. Uh, not until that this all emerges in the in the sixties and seventies. So at the point that Dianetics comes out, this also kind of dovetails with a little bit of the self help boom mm, uh, in, yeah. in publishing. Right. This is looked at as a non medicated way to get better by either yourself or with <clears throat> another regular person. Playing off a of fear of medicine, doctors, 
Uh, and really, what the medical profession realized themselves was an unhealthy way to treat people in, in terms of mental health. It was an unhealthy mental health attitude uh, to have what they had. This was a way to step into that void. Sure. And, and it seemed like, like I can see why this was attractive to people. This idea of a hard talk with yourself uh, yeah. is is something that could shape behavior or change will or or whatever. Like I, I understand the appeal. And, I and is fairly radical, right? right? So right. Uh, in October 15, 1947, uh, L. Ron Hubbard wrote a letter to the Veterans Administration after he had been injured formally requesting psychiatric treatment, but admitted he was unable to afford it. Within a few years, Hubbard would condemn psychiatry as evil, and that would grow into a major theme of Scientology as well as Dianetics. Hmm. Uh, Dianetics was released and spent six months on the New York Times bestseller list. Wow, that did all right then. So, now let's get into what you wanted to talk about. Some practitioners of Dianetics reported experiences which they believe had, uh, had occurred in past lives or previous incarnations. In early 1951, reincarnation had become a subject of intense debate within the Dianetics community. Hubbard took the, took the reports of past life's events seriously and introduced the concept of a thetan, an immortal being analogous to a soul. This was important in the factor of, the, of transitioning the secular Dianetics. Remember, Dianetics is a book... That is a self-help book, and you can think whatever you want to think about its methods, right? But it is a secular self-help strategy in a world largely pre-talk therapy. Okay. So understand that. That then transitions with L. Ron Hubbard into the religion of Scientology. Right, which is what I never really connected before is this is all on the heels of Dianetics and its foundation going bankrupt and the way to get it all turned around again is a non taxable organization well, aka now, religion which is a huge part of the controversy great, there's a great book and i'm going to make sure that i get the title right and i will get the title right by the end the end of the episode if i don't nail it right now with inside scientology but it is fantastic you anybody who's interested in this subject uh, yes, uh, Inside Scientology, as written by uh, Janet Reitman. Uh, it is fascinating. I very much encourage everybody to read it. But every time that I'm going, we're going to breeze by this, because obviously this is a, a kind of back of the postcard version of this story. Yeah. Uh, but every time there is a split, right, or you feel like, oh, wow, that was kind of a turn, understand that of they shed a fraction of their group. So there were people inside Dianetics that were like, this is great. Yeah. This is self-help. This is helping people. I'm excited to be a part of it. And then L. Ron Hubbard's like, yeah, I believe in past lives. And there was a portion that were like, whoa, the what? I'm just here to question my neighbor about like how he keeps stealing my uh, uh, dirt and how it's probably because his dad was an asshole to him. <laughs> what is this past lives nonsense? Uh, and then there was people that, would, that stayed with him. And then he was like, okay, well, now it's a religion, largely because not only was it a way to make more money and he was going bankrupt before, but also he was being sued for practicing medicine without a license for holding Dianetics events. Mm. Now, these are things that probably would not be prosecuted now. There's plenty of self-help things that we tolerate that if it's just oh, yeah. talking to other people and you're not dealing drugs, we're not looking at it as trying to practice medicine without a license. But at right. that time, they did. 
They could not harass him if he was a religion. Interesting. So then there were people that were like, okay, you want to know what? The, the, the cops are racist, yo. Uh, uh, we're not going to deal with this anymore. Uh, 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 we'll become a religion. That'll keep us under the radar. And then he was like, no, but for real, it's a religion. And then we were like, whoa, what? Like, no, I thought this was just a way for us to practice what we knew to be helpful. But now apparently you're God and there's all this other stuff. Like, okay, we're not comfortable about it. There is a tremendous history of, fra of, of factionalism and splinter groups from Scientology. Right. That which, we are going to kind of pass over. Which like totally I, surprises so me. I didn't know that there were a bunch of split offs. I mean, that, that often happens in a lot of uh, religions where, you know, somebody takes a turn. They're like, oh, I don't know about that. And then somebody's brother says, well, I'm the true uh, leader of this group. And they go and do their own thing. And like, that's not unheard of. But I didn't know that Scientology and Dianetics had a history of that. That's fascinating. So in 1953, Hubbard wrote a letter proposing that Scientology should be transformed into religion. As membership declined and finances grew tighter, Hubbard had reversed his hostility to religion that he had initially voiced in Dianetics. Uh, he was dogged with myriad financial and legal challenges when the ranks of Scientology spread. This led to Hubbard going into hiding in the mid-60s to his dying day on his ranch in 1988. His leadership was taken over by David Miscavige, who is the leader of Scientology to this very and, day. And has been since, what year did you say? Uh, since his death? Yeah, no. 1988. Okay. okay, so that date's been around for a long time. In my head, I just see him as in front of like a Trump-looking uh, gold uh, pulpit thing with a bunch of gold stuff behind him, and he always looks about 30. He's clearly not that anymore. Uh, no. And there's a lot about David Miscavige and David Miscavige's leadership. Mm. Uh, we're not going to get into a lot of it because this is not just a laundry list of all the awful things that David Miscavige has done. I would highly encourage you to read it. Uh, we're trying to draw a, a circle just sort of around the religion element of it right now so people can kind of understand that. But when we take calls, please feel free to ask about <laughs> any and all of the issues and we can talk about sure. it. Sure. So, so can you tell me about the Xenu stuff, like the planets and the stuff and the thing the South Park made such a big deal out of and got threatened by and all that? What's the deal there? All right. So here's the deal. Okay. The basics on basics on basics are as follows. Lord Xenu is an ancient alien warlord that murdered a bunch of other aliens on Earth. Yeah, he did. He uh, uh, froze them and threw them into the volcanoes of Hawaii. Uh, then, <laughs> okay. while their souls ascended, Xenu brainwashed them and sent them wandering through uh, the, the then barren Earth. Man comes around. Thetans inhabit the the bodies of men, the vessels of men, and these beings are what cause us, as they are injured by the awful Lord Xenu, they are the ones that cause our pain, depression, and suspicion. But this is also where the past life com stuff comes in. Now, once you die, your Thetan goes into another body, and uh, uh, so on and so on. Yeah. You, you remember things forever. Now, Scientology is the belief system that identifies your relationship with Thetans and then systematically eliminates their influence through auditing to be free of their negative influence is to go clear. So you pay for each auditing, you pay for your books, uh, uh, you read up on Scientology, 
and then after auditing, you are able to be or to be determined clear. So that is clear of negative Thetan influence. Okay. Now, once you go clear, yeah, you can now be free to walk the bridge to total freedom. This is to become an OT or operating Thetan. This is when you can now work in concert with your Thetan. Again, an immortal alien that can give you godlike powers. So, the Xenu story is this. Is by the way, a, is this how is this how Tom Cruise can do his own stunts in Mission Impossible? Is, uh, is that how this has worked is out? An element. There is an element to that. There's certainly an element. To that. <laughs> All right. Sorry. The, Go uh, ahead. So, you learn about Lord Xenu at OT three. OT right? meaning I forgot. Operating Thetan 3. There you go. OT level 3. Right. When you are clear, which oftentimes includes thousands of dollars of money. Also, this is where we get into the culty sort of element. Anybody who does not believe in this is an SP or suppressive person. Uh, they are somebody that will hamper your ability. You are not able to go clear until you cut them out of their lives or they come into the church. Uh, so once you're clear, you've already made tremendous sacrifices. To go from clear to OT1 is $2,750. Oh, is that all? To go from OT1 to OT2 is $5,225. Why? To go from OT2 to OT3. This is where the first time that if we lived in a pre-internet world, the first time that you would hear about the Space Lord Xenu and the Thetans being thrown into volcanoes, uh, that costs $8,910. There are higher levels to that. Eight in total. OT level eight is what Tom Cruise is. And what does that cost the you? highest there is. What does it cost you at that point? Do I know? do not know. I <laughs> I'm sure that there are, well. I mean, we are obviously talking about tens of thousands of dollars. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, uh, the course cost $28,000 as of last check. Okay. Well, that's not. That, and that, that to, no, that's to go. From seven to eight. Okay. So you still have to go from three to four, four to five, five to six, six to seven. Oh, right. It's not cumulative, seven. right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. That seems uh, a little pricey, but I'm, I'm glad money, I suppose money, uh, you know, costs money to get Thetans uh, out of here or whatever the deal is there. Uh, you so know you, what? You, you know what you always. Want to, you want to harness your the power of you. What always throws me, and this is just something I'll get out of the way now because it's my own. I, I'm weird this way. But the name Xenu is where yeah. you lose me. It's the most simplified Star Trek season one original series name you could come up with for a villain. Freaking Lord Xenu. Like at one at what point does Tom Cruise and his middle tooth sit in a room and somebody brings up Lord Xenu and he doesn't go, ah, shit, what am I doing in here? Because up till level three, you're probably like, yeah, dude, I'm proving myself. This is great. You know, if we're if we're uh, uh, helping each other get better, how is this even different than a religion? I could see this mindset. I could see people saying this. So they're like, yeah, of course it's a religion. We're helping each other. We're better people. We're better citizens. Oh, welcome to level three, Mr. Cruz. Today we talk about the volcano, the Thetans, and Lord Xenu. You know, it sounds like a guy in a rubber suit that should uh, Kirk should hit because his shirt got ripped. Like, it's funny, the funny dumbest should, name. I hate funny it. Funny you should mention that because inside Scientology... Uh, mentions that Tom Cruise cooled off significantly on Scientology and started doing movies that he would not do when he was very, very dialed into the church 
uh, right after level three. He really? never left, yeah. but certainly pulled back. And then it was a it was a very concerted effort by David Miscavige to get him back into the fold. Gosh, uh, I can't imagine how that would turn somebody off to hear about Lord Xenu. I can't imagine. By the, way, by the way, do you know what Earth was called at the time that Xenu dumped all those aliens? Uh, all I kind of used to remember this. Hold on. Oh, shit. You're going to have to remind me. Tegiak. Ah, shut up. Tegiak. This is all the worst science fiction tropes. I hate. That's why I don't like it at all from a face value thing. I, I it's It's worth discussing the cultishness and the getting deeper and the mess and the torture and the whatnot. And the money—that's all worth discussion. It's all worth scrutinization. All that stuff's true, but right on the surface, Zenu and what is it? Teliax? Is it what is it? Uh, Tegiak. Tegiak is Earth. Uh. Now, this is where I'm going to put in the uh, the the obligatory. Sure. Okay. Uh, and so let's go to our. Uh, uh, you know, bearded guy who's uh, flipping tables and then gets killed and then comes back, but nobody sees him. Uh, you know, but but somebody does kind of see him, and now you have a god, but it's really three gods. And and oh, you want to talk about money? Then let's talk about tithing. Let's talk about leaving money to your church. Uh, I'll bet you when you add all that up, it doesn't seem so ridiculous. You know, at least you know these levels have actual price tags on them, and not just how the more you make, the more you pay in forever. Yeah, no, that happens. Look, I grew up in a religion that some people still think is super weird, Mormonism. And despite the fact that I've never seen or spent any time around an actual polygamist, because the church stopped doing that in the mid-1800s, uh, was never part of my life. I don't know anybody like it. I'm sure somebody like true what's that show that was on hbo uh big love big love i'm sure big love people exist somewhere i don't know them and they're not part of the mainstream church they're part of offshoots so i don't know who those people are uh other people say ah they're not christians but i'll tell you what since i was a little kid all the way through my whole life all anyone talks about when i went to church is jesus so i don't know what else you do to do that so there's always been that so having been somebody who has always taken a little bit of heat from that angle. And also the angle of just, oh, you guys are such goody two-shoes. No one ever drinks. No one ever smokes. No one ever uh, just says a bad word. It's gosh darn this and golly Jim that. And yeah. uh, there are no and people mother of color. Fricker. Right. All this stuff. Okay. Mother fricker. <laughs> <laughs> and there are no, no people of color. All of those stereotypes I've seen from everyday experience are not accurate. Uh that isn't to say there aren't valid uh, problems to have or or valid um, issues uh, in history and other things to bring up. Absolutely there are, just like there are with a lot of organizations, be they religious or not. So I've always seen it sort of, I've seen religions a lot like I see governments or, mm, uh, I don't know, civilizations. Yeah. There's often a, you know, like in our country now, there's a USA, USA, we're the best, make us great again. There's that whole side of it. And you've got this wacky idea of what you think is great again and doesn't, you know, doesn't necessarily speak for everybody. But when you look at our actual history, it's littered with all kinds of issues. We put um, Japanese Americans in internment camps, locked them up because that seemed like a smart idea at the time. In retrospect, probably kind of a bad idea. This kind of happens across the board. Religion is no, uh, uh, is no more safe from it than anybody else because 
uh, all of it is is fallible all of it so because of that i try to approach the scientology thing and go all right well what's what makes them worse or potentially worse or whatever because up to the point that you've described fine yeah. go spend your money go believe in xenu yours as much right to you do your thing as catholic guy up the street does what he does mormon guy over and there does what he does just do what you're gonna do it's one of your it's a freedom you got go do it so so where's the break and and also it's not like mormonism doesn't have an an, an origin story that people like to poke fun at oh no dude listen here's one of my favorite things in the world and this is i i mean this 100 percent mean this yeah there was a he south invented buffalo spe <laughs> speaking of south park there was an episode of south park yeah that did an entire episode uh about mormons and the, and the the story origin of it was this family moves in next to stan or near stan yeah. and they come over and they bring rice crispy treats and they say come to our house for family home evening and we're gonna so-and-so's gonna sing and what's her name's gonna read a poem and we're gonna have uh, donuts or whatever everyone watches that and laughs it's dead on I yeah. don't know who in the writing staff. I don't know if it's one of those two guys, Matt Stone or Trey Parker. Somebody knows somebody who was a pretty active member of the Mormon faith because yeah. all of that nice guy neighbor stuff, dead on, dead perfect. None of it, it was it was impossible to be offended by it. In fact, I'm watching it going, well, when's the part where we're supposed to be offended? It never happened. It's not offensive. I'm also a pretty easygoing guy who likes to laugh well, at himself. Yeah. I mean, I, I think you'd probably, there's probably plenty of people that were, you know, uh, who, who, you know, take Joseph Smith, you know, uh, uh, you know, very seriously as a religious icon in, in the Mormon faith. They probably weren't thrilled with him being categorized as a fraud and a con man. Right. Uh, exactly. And it's the same. I'm, I, I guess that's what you're getting to the crux of my point, which is yeah. you can do it to any of them. You can pull out the Pope and go, well, that guy slept with ladies. Where's your celibacy now? Or you can pull also, out. Also, one of them might have been a lady. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Like, there's always yeah. some kind of little thing in there. Well, yeah, I, I mean, guess listen, what yeah, I'm saying. If, 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 we, if we want to delve into uh, Vatican follies, uh, <laughs> there are some. There's some gross stuff in there. There is. We really start dusting off those archives. And I don't uh, want to. I don't. I guess what I'm saying is I don't want to. The same approach should happen to Scientology. There's a lot of whataboutism the minute you bring them up. And so what is it about them that makes that puts them in a different category? Is it the alleged yeah. abuse? It is, it, is it the proof of abuse? Like, what is it that, that people are all upset about? Well, you want to know what? Let's go ahead and open up the phone lines. This is a good time as any. I think we got everybody all riled up. 801-471-0462 is the number you can call. Do yourself a favor, friends. And uh, be like uh, Lord Zenu, but instead of <laughs> dropping all those thetans into a volcano, drop this number into your cell phone for safekeeping. 801-471-0462. Save it as a contact. Make it unfriend me. So you can just dial unfriend me. You can just use your voice assistant and dial us right in as soon as we open up the lines. Thank Again, yeah. 801-471-0462. Well, we went for our first call. Uh a uh, better way to describe what I was saying earlier. And, and Justin made a good point this morning on TMS, how if you hit the two-minute mark on your analogy, you've, you're not doing it right. Um, I, I, I'll say this. Like, for example, um, uh, trying to create a level of fairness with them versus anybody else. Uh, oh, it's hard to explain. I'll do it after this call. Let's see who we yeah. got first, and then I'll I'll sort of explain where my head's at. 
Uh, here we go. We got our first caller coming in. Hi, who's this? Hello. Hi, Hello. this is Michael from Columbus, Ohio. Hello, Michael from Columbus, Ohio. Michael, will I, will I get to, Michael, will I get to meet you when I come out there? I will, won't I? Absolutely. Okay. Looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it as well. You were the one that said that 16-bit arcade was really cool or something, wasn't it you? One of the many. One of the many, yeah. I do. You're no, yeah, no, it, it, is, it is by far my favorite arcade bar in the country. And many agreed with you. Anyway, Michael, what's up? What's on your mind on this particular topic? Hey, so really enjoying the discussion today. Uh, I don't have, have any independent, you know, unique perspective on this issue, but I, the question I had was, you know, I've never interacted with anybody that ascribes to Scientology at all or has ever previously or currently identified with it. My only experience with it is walking around in Washington, D.C. There's this, like, regional headquarters or something right at DuPont Circle. This mm-hmm. is a pretty popular, uh, you know, high-end place, and I, but I've never seen anybody actually trying to recruit people so what's your knowledge of uh, how they actually try to gain new members and try to get people into the practice Uh, i mean effectively by leaning into the dianetics element of it they will give you personality tests Uh, they will talk to you about whether or not you're depressed whether or not you're anxious whether or not you want to be a better person and uh, at that point that is their uh that is that is the beating heart of, of 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 that religion and so if you ever see you know, uh, uh, signs or people asking you to, you know, take a personality test, stuff like that, a free personality test, then that's that's kind of the key. There's also, uh, again, I cannot recommend Inside Scientology uh, enough, but they also talk about how good uh, L. Ron Hubbard uh, and the organizers of Scientology, the, the, the key lieutenants of Scientology, got at, you know, effectively what we see now with uh, a human rights council and stuff like that. Like if you've ever seen people just out at a busy intersection uh, asking you to save the whales or save the, save the puppies or whatever, these are tactics that Scientology got very, very, very good at. They just give me five minutes of your time kind of sales pitch. Do they still, do they still do that in kind of public forums like that? Or is it, is it, is it, are they big enough now where it's all just like invite only or I don't know actually how that works. No, no, and oftentimes outside in front of their headquarters. Uh, it's funny. There was a big Scientology center uh, that we walked by every time we were going anywhere in Shinjuku in, in Japan. It had a big, super well-lit lobby, and during the day, people were outside handing out uh, handing out pamphlets, but this is, this is a big thing. Now, there is a question about exactly how the Scientologist uh, ranks are doing. In, in in modern eras and and therefore how much money they actually have that is a question that we do not have an answer to. well and they're ridiculously secretive uh like many religious organizations because they can be and they don't they're not they're still not a taxable organization despite efforts to change that uh by some so you know why would we know what they have money wise if they're losing it we don't know if they're making bank we don't know but as far as we know tom cruise still all up in it right he's still uh Oh, certainly so. Okay. Yeah. Because if he's uh, reached uh, level eight, that explains why all his stunts are his own now. That's all I can figure. Well, Tom Cruise is somebody that that is a very interesting person beyond the Scientologist element. He is a very focused uh, person with a very interesting past. Uh, he obviously has had, depending on what you want to believe, a very interesting dating life, uh, yeah. as South Park uh, mocked. Uh, maybe he's had... He is, he is, uh, you know, fluid on, on the Kinsey scale as, as, uh, as one might say. Yeah. 
you know, there's there's a lot there, there there's a lot to parse with Tom Cruise. Yeah, and I yes, there is. Let's say in in a way, it's almost a study in how much he believes in this is a study in its own. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, his his success which initially in his career was bought on by good looks and, you know, uh, kind of the timing of it all seemed like he's the perfect fit for that kind of those kinds of roles. And then him some growing into acting and actually being getting accolades for that sort of thing and then moving on to whatever next stage it was and so on. There's you combine the artificial or real sense in Hollywood of uh, with very successful megastars, the feeling that they're special and apart from everybody else. And then add into that a organization and a thought um, prescription that supports that and uplifts that and continues down a road of your special in this very big way. Like those are that's fascinating to me, like super interesting to me how how I would love to just get into his brain just for half a minute and see what's up. And also, I'd like to look in the mirror in the morning as him. And see if he actually cares about the fact that he has one tooth right in the middle of his head, right there. Yeah. I mean, there is that. Yeah, there, there is, is that. Also That's just something I've noticed. Okay, so while we're waiting for our next call, the thing I was going to say earlier, uh, we'll keep, we'll stay with our examples because we're already on this road. Um, yeah. Uh, Joseph Smith in his early days uh, claimed to uh, had a visit and a discussion with God, which led him to do certain things, uh, to establish his church, to do all that sort of stuff. Um, when I was younger, people would say, ah, it's funny. You guys think they uh, found a, a, a book under a rock. And I, and somebody in the chat room made the same reference. Cause I've heard the, the thing before and like, Oh really? Well, uh, biblically, we all think that, um, somebody talked to a burning bush and then spent 40 days up in the hill and came down with some stones that were magically created out of nothing. And, you know, you can do this back and forth constantly. What I'm trying to do with today's episode is figure out a way to get, further than that is it just a trick being played by hubbard and then through ms cabbage or is it is there how do we put this like you don't hear about uh you'll hear about um goodwill or, or or catholic organizations giving huge sums of money to disaster relief uh, yeah you hear that about the lds church you hear that about uh uh folks in the south baptist churches uh, various various organizations and you hear about like the great civic work they're doing for people on the ground, for immediate people that are in their congregation and those in their neighborhoods and whatever, whatever, all that kind of outreach. I never hear about that stuff with, with Scientology. So to me, that's the one big differentiator. You can say all you want about their histories, their belief systems, their theology, lots of arguments and fun to be had there, no question, including this. But the one big separator is, uh, like one thing they always taught us in Sunday school, by your fruits you know them, meaning the kind of stuff they produce, that's how you know what kind of people they are, what kind of organization they are. And does Scientology do any of that? Or is it just this inward-looking, exclusive club? If you've got enough money, you're working your way up the thing. Like that's the part that throws me. Because in every other example of we are a religion, just about, that I can think of, including Satanism, by the way, you can point to a civic and social stuff that they do to improve their neighborhoods, the people around them, blah blah blah. So I don't I'm know. I'm trying to find. I'm trying to find the name of this, but I because I I had heard. Uh, 
that it was Al-Anon, but I know that there are uh, uh, treatment centers to get clean from either alcohol or uh, drugs sure. that are that are Scientology funded, uh, right. and they are That's not labeled as Scientology funded, but uh, that they view that as a way to bring you closer to the church, and in, in the same way that you know, uh, uh, many organizations do a lot of charitable things in a way that. You know, hopefully, at, at the very least, changes your idea of what a blank is. Mm. You know, mm. I don't know. To me, it always just seemed like this. If you're if you're looking at religion versus say secular so let's, organizations, let's, let's understand yeah. that people have their lives changed on things that might not seem in you know in in the cold light of day to be particularly consequential. Mm -hmm. uh, for example, dumb podcast. How many times at, at, at a convention or a nerdtacular has somebody come up to you and with all earnesty in their heart said, hey, look, something that you said or a show that you did, you might think that it's silly and it's stupid and you're talking about farts and stuff, but I was going through a really, really, really rough time and your show gave me something. And, yeah. and it was very important to me and I am very indebted to you. That's happened to me multiple times and I can only assume it's happened to you even more than that uh, oh. because you've done shows that have been uh, uh, you know, more popular. So if that is true and mm. we can be moved by things that might not seem tremendously consequential going forward, right? Mm -hmm. uh, then you can also say that, you know, for Tom Cruise or L. Ron Hubbard, no matter what's happening and no matter how they are viewed from the outside, that they almost assuredly think that they're doing very good and that people come up to them all the time and say, Thank you for doing this. This has made my life better. This has made my children's lives better. Our, 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 we are very proud to be practicing within this circle. And that, yeah, look, I mean, maybe there's some bad actors. We could probably admit that we mishandled that one crazy lady out in Tampa who died during our watch and got brought to the hospital uh, as a corpse, effectively. Right. Uh, that's regrettable. We wish we had that back. And you want to know what? If you really, really, really pin me down, don't tell me anybody I said this, but I think that maybe David Miscavige can be a little bit. <laughs> uh, but that does not take away from this larger cause. Yeah. The larger cause is what matters. The larger benefits are what matter. And that, to me, is not just religion. That's tribalism. Yeah. And, and, uh, uh the, the, this is, I think there are a lot of elements of Scientology that up to and including the cutting off of everybody else around you that doesn't believe, you know, in this kind of stuff. And uh, again, the, please just look up the crimes of David Miscavige. He is a bad person. I'm going to say that uh, 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 as Justin Robert Young saying that David Miscavige. Crimes of David Miscavige. I, I, I've never searched this. Uh, let's not. I don't want to get into it, here. but you're but you're yeah. saying there's stuff there to be mined if you want to go learn about yeah. that dude. Yes, fair, fair uh, enough. Uh, I think that he would be a fascinating. So basing a television series on David Miscavige about a religion that happened to look a lot like Scientology uh, would be fascinating. He is yeah. a Sopranos-like figure, really. Yes. Okay. I wish going clear. I am O. 
And maybe I've just been I've been influenced by all the squirrels out there. That's what they call people who are are off the reservation and telling tales. Maybe I've been I've been misled by all the squirrels, but it appears to me that this is got an interesting quote in the chat. Uh, Rick Fu says, "When working for a Scientologist owned company for a couple of years, it was strange how I just sort of picked up on a lot of the terms and lessons of theirs." Kind of the the nomenclature and the terminology they would use. That's that's pretty interesting. Rick Fu, if you don't mind us asking, he does go on to say there's no active uh, recruitment or any of that. He's just picked up stuff. Uh, what what was the kind of? You don't have to say what the company is, but what what kind of company was it? I'm just curious what their interests are outside some of that stuff. Um, because as far as I know, Justin, there's no. This is probably I say this because I don't know. So maybe I'm wrong, but I don't feel like there's ever been another um, religion to the stars kind of thing. This thing that appeals to Hollywood elite and then very rich people that we don't may not know, but that are you know out there. And I mean, what else is there like that, other uh, than this normal religion somebody grew up in? Hey, I was born in the Methodist church, therefore I'm still in it. Therefore I'm. I mean, there is there is one religion that seems to be synonymous with success in Hollywood. Yeah. What's that? I really don't know. <laughs> uh, uh, and listen, and obviously because uh, uh, many Jewish people uh, oh. created, uh, you know, theaters and, and stuff. And then when, when <laughs> the movie, when the motion picture business started up in Hollywood, many of them were Jewish people. <laughs> Yeah, they're industrious go-getters. That's what that comes look, down to. Look, I'm not, and I don't want to get into a fuck, do a, do a Jews run Hollywood kind of thing. Right. But like, uh, but, there is, there is no doubt that many of the people that built the modern uh, motion picture system were Jewish. It's a thing, yeah. uh, uh, you know. So, yeah. But then again, they they do the opposite of recruiting, right? They tell you you can't be a part of it, yeah. and so you 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 know to to become. Uh, to become a, a Jew is a very arduous process, kind of the opposite of of, uh, of Scientology. Well, Rick, Rick Fu went on to say what the company was. He says it was a web development company. Uh, he then says lots of Scientology clients. Uh, they said we were going to go to some courses as business training, and I refused twice. Um, he then says, then I quit and told them that uh, that was why. And then said he could not find a job in Clearwater after that. So, for whatever, for whatever it's worth, that could be uh, that could be anecdotal, or that could be a direct result of him quitting and saying why I don't know. But that's also one of the things. Like, you turn on them, and, you know. If suddenly, Tom. Well, I mean, maybe Tom Cruise has enough power that he's the only one that could. But if you kind of turn on them, they they supposedly go hardcore and park people out in front of your house and have them taking full time video surveillance of your house. Uh, they have some of this on tape from that Going Clear documentary. It appears. Oh yeah, appears to be. Oh, no, no, they, and they make their own documentaries about it. That, that that Squirrel Patrol. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, I don't know. I mean, speaking in a modern sense, Chatron's reminding me that you know, in, historically, Christianity has gone from the most humble of religions and persecuted to that of the of the elite and the rich. I understand that. I'm talking about like now. Like, what are people doing, especially in America? Where do they go if you are Mr. Hollywood man? And you go and do it. One of the most interesting crossovers for me in Scientology and Hollywood 
is the fact that um oh her name just slipped my head uh the 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 star of uh handmaid's tale um ugh, can't think of her name she was on mad men anyway she looks like old pictures of my aunt anyway yeah whatever her name is oh it just was there and it left oh getting old um elizabeth moss. elizabeth moss she um she is a apparent well from all accounts and from her own admission she's a very uh active scientologist whatever that mm-hmm. means and uh yet some people see this as a huge dichotomy between that and the role she plays and the show that she's on with handmaid's tale uh given that handmaid's tale is basically about a uh, cult taking over the country and turning it into uh you know what whatever sort of religious the- theocracy they want and uh it's that makes interesting headlines like i don't know why it does seem like she's kind of uh she's kind of she's making a thing and saying something artistically about a thing in a very negative way but then is part of this thing that has that being said about it in real life and maybe she doesn't know that yet maybe she's not even level three i don't know how this stuff works like i'm used to people are pretty open about their religions like for the most part, people I know that are religious of various sorts and types, people in North Carolina are very Christian people. I know who are, you know, very atheists. I'm not ref- saying atheism is a religion, but I know them well enough to, to know that they are kind of, um, their fervor about their atheism is a lot like religion. It's just sort of the other side of the same coin. Uh, they are, they're all very open about it. I don't feel like Scientologists are really that open about it. It's just sort Do you of feel like, like you have to be, I don't know. Like, do do you do you have to be open about your heritage as uh, being raised Mormon? No, I guess not. In fact, I make it a point. Well, I'm I'm of a broader belief that uh, teach their own, and it's not my job to tell people how to think. In other words, sure. like this, even this show is not about us doing that. The show is about us. Exploring, exploring these topics yeah exploring like, these kind trying, of topics trying to be as intellectually honest as we possibly as we yeah that's that's the goal and so i really like that exercise i'm a big fan of that in general in life so if somebody comes to me and says hey what's what's that about and i'll go oh well i can tell you and i'll tell them but i'm not actively going for people and saying have you have you heard of this come check it out let's go like it's not that isn't interesting to me um i think i was my dad kind of raised me that way and so people are always surprised they're like whoa what like they're surprised i teach a bunch of nine-year-olds on sundays and i do i love it it's one of my favorite things in the world these kids are amazing but i don't go around advertising it why well because it's none anybody's business a and b if you really want to know you'll ask and if you don't it's okay too because i'm not here to preach to you each his own everybody do their own thing including you scientologists who might be listening do your own freaking thing i don't care do what you got to do. The part that the part that gets screwy is when people get hurt or abused or ripped off or whatever. And it just seems like Scientology is currently cornering the market on that weird little mysterious cabal of stuff. That's all. So what do you say to as the second youngest major religion in America? <laughs> the fact that a lot of the hate goes to the most youngest religion in America. well i think that's there's something are to you that. Harry, let me let me reframe my question are you kind of are you secretly pumped that scientology is here to take some of the heat that the <laughs> doesn't have to anymore well i mean look as much as on a scale from zero to secretly pumped where are you i don't know that there's there, i'm not secretly pumped about any of it i mean okay. basically 
been kind I, I know of where you're coming from. I Are get you it. Double secretly punk. Like it's <laughs> like secret, like it's secret to the secret. I like when, uh, like I'd like it in what you're basically describing is somebody, if you and a friend pulled a prank and one of them, one of them got in trouble and you didn't, that you're secretly yeah. pumped. It was him that got caught. I understand what you're saying. I don't really feel that way though. And also Stokes girls is father Robert too. He's a priest, but he downplays it so much. He's called father Robert. He wears a collar on like everything that he does. He does, but he doesn't, but he's missing the pious judgment. He's not there to go. Okay. Yeah. But that's not hiding him being a priest. In fact, that's his whole point. I agree. I am a priest. I have made a commitment to the Catholic church. Uh, but I'm, but uh, like, I, I hope that you judge me by my deeds and not my collar. But exactly. Not wearing a collar. You're totally right. He's got a costume, not a costume. He's got a, he's got a uniform and he wears it proudly and that's great. But he also at the same time is not, you know, shoving things down people's throat or using it in a way that's, you know, uh, abusive to either uh, them or him or anyone else. But yeah. that's kind of my thing. Like, you're never going to take out of me and my wife and others, this like weird, it's a, I'll admit it's a stereotype, but we like to take cookies to people when they move in. We like to go say, yeah. hey, welcome to the neighborhood. What's going on? We like to find out that the old lady's moving and nobody's helping her. So we're going to go do it and break our backs and yeah. help her. Like that's the that's the religion I grew up with. It it may not match with somebody's stereotypes uh, of what they think that is. But for us, that's what it was. And that's what it still is. And so my sense of religion is when am I, if I'm, if I'm not trying to do some good every day somewhere with somebody, then I'm not doing my job. There's like a, there's a little kid in our neighborhood who gets picked on a little bit. She's a young girl who's just a total nerd. She loves nerd stuff. She, uh, she uh, loves comic books and, and movies. And some of her friends give her a hard time because she's not a little girly girl and she's not interested in what they are. She would rather think about flash all day. Flash is her big thing. Yeah. And I felt bad about that. So this is not horn tooting when I'm trying to illustrate a point. So everyone do not, I'm not bragging. I promise. But because I have some, because I have some awesome because Scott did the following and go. (laughs) Okay. I have good, Ah, I have ah, good friends in interesting places. I'm sorry, guys, turn down your audio. That's just the sound of a horn being tooted. (laughs) I'm not Uh, tooting it. I just want this to, I just want this to be, uh, this is the only example I can think of is why I'm using it. Sure. Uh, I'm sure there are others I can think of other people, but all right. So I know people enough to say, okay, I have an, I have the ability to reach out and maybe do something cool for this kid that's going to make her day-to-day existence as a little nerd better and have her not feel so rotten when her friends talk to her this way. So I reached out to Howard Porter. He is the uh, He's a fan of the shows. He attended Nertacular one year. If you don't know who he is, he's the current artist for Justice League of America and did the Jeff Johns big omnibus collection uh, flash run where he did all the art for it. He did the art for my comic collection, the front cover with the big sure. extra yeah. life guy. Uh, incredible artist, like top of his game. Incredible dude. I just reached out and said, Hey, we would make this kid's year. If you did just a sketch have of the, you, fl- have you drew, drew a flash, and draw the flash. And, and, and that's all I said. And he said, Oh my gosh, I'd love to. I love this kind of thing. I'll do it. I get in the mail, not only a hand drawn inked thing of the flash, which is incredible. And I'm jealous of it. Uh, but uh, but the omnibus book that is like this huge book you'd get at a Barnes and Noble with the entire comic collection in it, signed by him everywhere. Took it over there, gave it to her. That is the religion I was taught. Not yeah. she, and, and and she threw it right in the trash. She threw it right she in said, the trash. Stop, stop trying to patronize me, old man. <laughs> I have this picture of her sitting in a chair, smiling ear to ear, and it's amazing, and it really made me feel good. But my point is, 
there's no dogma in that. There's no, it's just go do decent things for, for people and try to be better than the day before. That's the whole thing. That's the one my parents taught me. That's the one. So when you hide what you're doing, to me, that's the opposite of that. I'm not saying you have to go out and preach it constantly. I'm just saying if it's a good influence on you, if it was or is or will be or whatever, then it should show in some way. And I don't feel like the Scientologists show it. It's just rich guys hiding, telling you a weird thing, and then getting pissed if you reveal the Xenu business. I don't know. Well, and, and, and I guess their argument would be, well, geez, if, if that's the start of the conversation, then, then what happens when we bring you cookies and you, and you slap them out of our hands and say, nope, sorry, you're not getting us with that Xenu bait, uh, loser. Get out of here. Well, I mean, there may be some of that if somebody's very skeptical or whatever, and I understand that too, but I don't know. We're just eat our cookies. They're good. Kim's a really good cook. She bakes them. Yeah, she's really good. Yeah, good, she does good, a good, good job. So I would, I would yeah. also argue, uh, you know, a lot of that, uh, making a phone call, uh, helping uh, a child smile, helping out on the weekends, uh, uh, you know, being a good neighbor and being a good community member is something that can be, can and should, uh, uh, you know, uh, be exhibited uh, beyond religion. Yeah, well. forget that's religion. Good. That's my entire that's point. That's yeah. my entire point. Forget religion entirely. Like, call it whatever you want. Just be that or try to be more like that. Nobody's perfect. Yeah. People suck at it like, sometimes. Be but more like Scott. No, <laughs> I, I'm not honking this horn anymore. I just needed an example. But if it sounded like a horn, honking, <laughs> Scott honking is on. <laughs> All right. Uh, people are too checking to call in after Michael. And uh, I think I think that they just don't want to get sued. Like we're <laughs> almost certainly going to. So I, I don't I don't blame anybody for not calling in and making themselves legally culpable for us uh, uh, defaming the religion. Of exactly. So it's entirely understandable. However, I'll bet we get a ton of emails, which we always do. All of this was sourced to Wikipedia, by the way, which I decided to stick to almost exclusively because it is an open platform that I am fairly sure the Church of Scientology has moderators that have edited things uh I, at least i assume that because almost every entry has a the church believes sentence at the end of it mm, that makes sense to me uh and yeah wikipedia and they always at the top of those wikipedia articles are always they always have that tag of something in here is disputed yeah, yeah. let's just say there was a reason why i decided to stick to to wikipedia stuff uh, uh, and half remembered memories of, of inside Scientology. And also somebody, uh, somebody in the chat or somebody said that Jared from Subway that's now in prison for uh, being a pedophile or whatever, he was a big time Scientologist before uh, all that went down. I mean, uh, if we want to do that one, we can, we can play the game of <laughs> name the worst member of every religion and make them the new suicide squad. It's uh, uh, a good point, uh, but I just had no idea. That's just surprised that, me. That, that I think is a fruitless a fruitless uh, thing. Oh yeah, no, guaranteed. You start doing that, good lord, you're gonna find some dirt in places you were hoping to never look. So yeah, don't look at that. Don't do that. Uh, okay. Well, that's gonna do it for the show. Hey, next week we should really pick daylight a topic. savings time. We're not touching anything this series. <laughs> daylight savings time. Should it exist? Is it useful? Do farmers really need it? Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll, we'll go ahead and get all the way into where Daylight Savings Time came from and uh, why it's still here. Oh, my gosh. I love that we're going to do Daylight Savings Time. All right. So that's next week on Unfriend Me. In the meantime, unfriendmeshow at gmail.com is the email you want to use. Support us at patreon.com slash unfriendme. And uh, the website is unfriendme 
or sorry, what is our website? Frogcast.com slash unfriend me. You can go there anytime. All the archives are there. Previous episodes, YouTube versions, all of it. Ways to contact us. Whatever you need, right there at frogpants.com slash unfriend me. Uh, Justin, any parting thoughts or words before we go today? Yes, please. Go ahead and get my new game, actionnewsgame.com. If you kickstarted it, go ahead and check your email because there is an email in there. You can have your game by now. Everybody's got the game. I got. I don't have the game. Everybody but me has the game. You have a copy uh, of a game I, that I your friend a gave copy. you. Yeah. I borrowed a copy. It's right here. I'll tell you what. This is the best packaging that I have ever seen. It's sexy, and you know it. Is what I, I don't know what that means. That's anyway, it's really wiggle, good. Wiggle, 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 wiggle. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So go grab that. Do that. Uh, lots of cool stuff happening on Twitter. You can find Justin at Justin R. Young. Find me at Scott Johnson. That will do it for today's uh, special time with one another. We hope you have a fantastic week. We'll see you next time for more Unfriend Me. Until then, goodbye, unfriends. Bye, unfriends. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Frog Pants Network. Get more shows like this at frogpants.com. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>